All right, I am very excited today to welcome founder and CEO of VanHack, Ilya Brodsky, to Coastal Front. Ilya was born in Siberia and moved to Vancouver in 1993 and later received his degree in business administration from Cornell University. While working in Brazil for Valet as a management trainee, he thought of the idea that would eventually become VanHack. VanHack is a network of software engineering, design, and digital marketing talent. With over 215,000 members from over 100 countries, VanHack is the largest workforce that is ready to relocate in the world. VanHack is free for job seekers and they assist with the entire visa and relocation process. Outside of being a CEO, Ilya is a father of a young son, mm-hmm. age one years old, fan of uh, sports, including yeah. the Canucks. And today we're gonna be talking about the start of VanHack, how that began, where the tech industry is today as far as a, a global shortage of work and talent, and how VanHack is becoming a resource to hire that talent. So Ilya, thanks for being on the show today. My pleasure, it's great to be here. Okay, so let's start with yourself. You're from Siberia. Yeah, so I uh, was born in Siberia in a city called Krasnoyarsk. Um, and when I was two and a half, we moved to Israel. Uh, okay. And from there, two and a half years later, when I was five, moved here to Vancouver. Wow. Um, the reason was just very simply, my, my it's a, mostly because of my mother, actually. Uh, she's Jewish, so we, any uh, person who's Jewish can leave uh, to go to Israel from the Soviet Union. So a lot of people did that uh, in the early 90s, right before the collapse. Yeah. Uh, and we spent two years there. And then we, my family was looking for a way to go to North America. And the immigration consultant suggested uh, Vancouver because my mom has a forestry degree. So even though it was my dad's idea to relocate, he, uh, we always joke that it's my mom who actually got us to the, to the right place okay. <laughs> here All in right. Vancouver. Yeah, um, Yeah. so we moved when I, and got here when I was five and I think went through kind of a typical immigrant uh, child uh, experience, really culture shock. Yeah. Um, I remember going to uh, school in October. We arrived in October and uh, going to school on the 31st of October and not understanding why everyone was looking like a skeleton or, or a witch or <laughs> you know dressed up for Halloween. I knew four words, yes, no, mom and dad um, wow. so uh, anytime someone would ask me a question I would just say randomly one of those four words like <laughs> what's your name mom and how old are you dad <laughs> uh, but eventually you know there's a uh, as Canada has a very welcoming uh, I guess society um, a lot of the, the kids were really nice and helped me out and I uh, kind of got integrated into society here and it's been, it's been great and then instead of going to UBC you actually went to Cornell is that right well actually I went to both because UBC I was doing arts and I really wanted to do business um, and I couldn't get into solder. Um, but with Cornell, I was able to get into the, uh, the Dyson School of Business there, and okay. that was a huge decision, uh, reason wow. why I went there. Well, my, one of my favorite parts of that story you just told is that you yeah. couldn't get into business school in Vancouver <laughs> Well, yeah. That, and I now think... we're going to talk about this <laughs> amazing company that you've built. So I think that's a real message to deliver to <laughs> any young person listening to this. Well, yeah. Uh, similar to yourself, I couldn't get into most school. I actually had to go to college first because my grades were worse than yours in order to get myself <laughs> just into this uh a university called University of Victoria. Yeah, UVic. Um, yeah, UVic. It's a great so, place. Okay, so you you graduate from Cornell, you go and work at uh, Valet mm-hmm. down in Brazil. Yeah, and through that you gain you, you sort of that was what became the inspiration for VanHack. Is that correct? Well, yeah. There's a lot a lot that went on there. I'll try and kind of summarize. Um, basically, what happened is um, I wanted to get a job abroad after university. I was part of a group called ISEC, which is um, for anyone uh, that maybe has heard of it or not, it's uh, the world's largest nonprofit run by students. Okay. And it helps um, students get internships or jobs abroad. So, you know, similar to, to VanHack. 
And um, they had, uh, I was looking for jobs in, uh, and I got three offers, one in Brazil, one in China, and one in India. And the one through in Brazil was through ISEC at Valley. Um, and it was just very randomly kind of, I got an email saying, hey, they're looking for Canadians to go to Brazil. Um, and I got this job, again, I felt very lucky. and. Um, when I went there, I realized that I really liked Brazil more than I liked mining. Um, I, I didn't study mining. I, in fact, someone, when I was about to go to uh, work to Brazil, they're like, have you, do you know Portuguese? Like, do you know anything about Brazil? No, not really. Uh, do you know anything about mining? Not really. Like, what, why are you, how did you get this job? So it was kind of like not a fit from the start. Although I learned a lot and had a great experience um, with the culture and, and just like I learned Portuguese. Um, and I saw that there was kind of this nascent tech scene. Um, so after going back to Canada, I was actually living in St. John's. Newfoundland. Okay. Um, I decided to quit my job actually 10 years this month, uh, 10 years ago, 20, uh, two, I guess it was what, 2011, uh, January. And I quit my job and went to uh, work for a nonprofit that was doing um, data collection in the slums of Rio. Uh, and the, the lady who ran it was a woman I met in the airport, like again, very randomly. Um, so that was an internship, a volunteering internship. And so at the time I was there, I was looking for ways to get in the tech scene. And a friend of mine from university sent me a link to a startup accelerator called 21212, which was was uh, 21 means uh, is the area code for Rio and 212 is the area code for New York. So basically connecting Brazilian entrepreneurs with American um, investors. Okay. And so it, it looked really cool. It was kind of like the Y Combinator or tech stars of, of Brazil. And those are pretty prominent startup celebrators from the US. And uh, I, I just showed up one day. Um, I, well, that's not true. I got an invite, but basically I just showed up one day to, the, yeah. uh, to this uh, event called Angel Day. So they have, in the startups and accelerators, they have these uh, kind of pitch events where the companies can go and present their company and try and raise money. Uh, so they had an angel day and then they were going to have a demo day, which was more for like the venture capitalists. Um, so when I showed up, everyone thought I was an angel investor because <laughs> I'm like this foreigner, you know, looking look like an yeah, American. Sure. Um, yeah. And this so they've got loads of money. Yeah. They started Student pitching. Debt. Yeah. They started Ten bucks in his pocket. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, like unemployed. So I, uh, I, I started telling these guys, like, I'm not an investor. Like your, your company sounds good. I kind of played along with it for a while, but um, eventually ended up getting connected to one of the companies because the guy was going to get kicked out of the accelerator unless he found a non-technical co-founder because uh, he was like very much developer designer uh, Brazilian guy who was really good at like building a website but he wasn't so good at sales and customer development and okay. actually making a business um, so he had built this kind of like of the original version of Facebook, where it's like university student management program, but not based on like friendships and dating or you know whatever you use Facebook for, I guess. It was more like uh, uh, finding rides or uh, education, like sharing college uh, materials. Okay. Um, and but he didn't know how to make it in a business, and so I joined, saying, "Hey, like, I'll join your company, pay me like very little amount, and uh, if it works out and we raise money, I, I want X percent. I think it was five or ten percent, and he agreed." Um, so that was on a Sunday, and then Monday uh, we started working and got into this accelerator, and we, we went through the demo day, did the pitch. Um, and is this what eventually yeah. became Banhack? No, no. So okay. this is the story where I get fired. Okay. <laughs> so right after that, I actually ended up getting fired from that company. It didn't work out. A okay. bunch of problems. Um, yeah. I, I, anyway, I, long story short, uh, I met a lot of developers when I was there, though. That that's kind of the most important thing because when I was in the accelerator, a lot of the tech professionals that I met were interested in Canada because they, they knew I was Canadian. So they said, oh, either I, I, I want to learn like, you know, how to move to Canada or my friends do, or I kind of felt this like, I don't know, just people kept bringing it up. Uh, mm -hmm. It became a theme. And at the same time, after I got let go, 
I decided to create uh, an online course to teach people how to move to Brazil. So I was called Brazil Career Blueprint, and it, it, it was um, just basically how to move to Brazil and get a job. And I told my Brazilian friends that, and they all said, I'm doing this the wrong way. I have to help Canadians. Yeah, Brazilians move to Canada. Um, so that kind of was in my mind, and then eventually I ended up moving back to Canada uh, and started VanHack when I created this, like, a few landing pages just to test the idea um, back in Vancouver in 2014. Wow. So wow. very long story short. But, well, to yeah. so summarize, basically you're down in Brazil. Mm -hmm. You're working at Valet. Mm -hmm. You're going to these uh, tech events. Yeah. And what ends up happening is two experiences that you have. One is your personal experience of how challenging, I mean, maybe it wasn't challenging, it sounds like challenging it was to move into Brazil. Yeah, coming, definitely challenging. Coming up the idea mm -hmm. of like helping other people be able to yeah. come into Brazil. That's right. So knowing that that experience, you know, people could use help with that. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's not an easy experience moving to a foreign country. Mm -hmm. Combined with seeing the amount of talent in Brazil, mm -hmm. And people wanting to get out of that country That's and right. go to, like our friend William, yes, right, for example, who's from Brazil, well, yeah, and yeah. and wanting to move to, yeah. Yeah, no, is, that, is that it? That's it. Yeah, um, it just and that's uh, the Van Van Heck sort of starting point. Exactly, realizing your own personal experience of what's involved to go into a new country. It's quite, uh, it's quite probably quite complex and stressful, especially if you've never done it before. Mm -hmm combined with the fact that there's all this talent out there looking for a better life. Yeah, exactly. And actually the first idea of VanHack was not a recruiting company, it was a school. So the idea was oh, that, because okay. I was working with kind of ed tech before, I decided to create a course to teach developers English. The, the candidates or the people um, that I met in Brazil, they, they kept started reaching out to me when I was back, back home and I didn't know anything about the recruiting industry at all. So I thought, hey, why don't I just create an English course for developers and to teach them how to say Ruby on Rails or PHP or or MySQL without an accent, and how to do job interviews and make resumes and th that kind of thing. Oh, interesting. Because um, back that, back in 2014, 2015, the idea of hiring from abroad is uh, was really not uh, as prevalent as it is now. Yeah. Um, sure. So yeah, that was the first idea, and then about a year into that, I started getting kind of questions or asked from uh, employers um, for uh, introductions to talent, oh, and made started making intros, and then the business of recruiting uh, emerged from that. Yeah. Well, let's let's pause there for a minute. Because that's a, that'll be a good segue into talking about what Van Hack does today. Mm. I want to pivot and talk about the fact that there seems to be a common problem, mm. and you can now elaborate for me on what this. If this is a local problem, is it a problem across Canada, or is this a global problem when it comes to tech talent? Yeah. Everywhere I talk, every, all the companies I talk to, anybody who's trying to hire a tech person, uh, or even on our own team as we're trying to hire people with technical skills, mm. like putting together videos and, and, <laughs> and podcasts. It's really tough to find these people. Mm. Is this just a local problem? Is this a, a problem across Canada or is this a, a global phenomenon? Yeah, it's a global phenomenon, okay. uh, definitely. Um, so one, one of our uh, values at VanHack is the internet has no borders, so it's, it's everywhere. <laughs> um, and really the tech talent shortage, um, according to McKinsey, by 2030, there's gonna be a 85 million open tech jobs across the world. 85, 85 million, million by 2030. Yeah, yeah. Wow. so it's, it's pretty huge. And um, I was just down in, in the US for a conference at the end of the year last year, um, December, and um, I started talking to a, a few of the, the folks there and I, I, I said, you know, there's a, did you know there's a million open tech jobs here in the US? And the guys looked at me like, are you kidding me? There's like five. Um, and, and the number just keeps going up. Cause wow. yeah, and, and so it's really- uh, And when did you start VanHack? Uh, 2015. Um, has this problem become 
The, is it the same? Has it gotten worse? Has it gotten better? I would say it's gotten... It's, when I say uh, worse, yeah, what I mean by... I, I, the, more and more jobs. Yeah. I, I, I think so because... Um, more if, openings, it, less people. Yeah, I, I, exactly. Because um, if you look at how many people learned how to code five years ago, how many people learned how to code 10 years ago, it's even less, right? So tech has really started going mainstream, like things like the programming boot camps or teaching uh, code in, in, in elementary school. That's only, uh, you know, last three, four years phenomenon. And by the time those kids graduate, that'll be uh, what, 15, 20 years from now. All yeah. They probably can start working when they're 15 if they know how to code. Um, but the point is that uh, it, it's not enough people. And uh, on, on the job side, on the d demand side, like how, uh, every company now is a tech company. With COVID especially, it's accelerated that for everyone. Like one of our largest customers is uh, a grocery store company. Like they <laughs> they operate uh, the largest grocery store chain in, in Canada. Well, now they have to have an app. Now they have to have, uh, you know, online ordering and all those kind of things. So um, there there's a huge demand, not only from traditional tech companies, uh, but from these kind of, um, you know, let's say newspapers. They, they didn't used to be a right. tech companies. Yeah. Now they're pure tech companies yeah. almost other than, you know, the yeah. writers. So, um, yeah, I, I think the demand is, is really gone up um, a lot and it doesn't seem to be slowing down. Um, and uh, I, I think that it's going to be a problem that keeps getting worse. So uh, there's much education that can be put into the STEM field, uh, you know, the better. Okay, so let's talk a bit about some numbers around what you're seeing with respect to, like is is majority of your customers, so you have customers and you have... Candidates, so candidates. employers, candidates. Employers. We, we see them both as a kind of customers, but customers. we get paid by the employers. Okay. Although without the candidates, we don't get yeah, paid at all. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So what, what percentage of your um, candidates are being placed in roles and jobs in Canada? Uh, for, for now, uh, it's the majority. So around 60, 70 percent. And the balance? Um, the balance is in Europe and in the U.S. Okay. And where are most of these people coming from? Our top three countries are Brazil, Nigeria, and India. Um, Brazil, other... Nigeria, and India. Like these mm. are three completely different parts of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, is there a particular type of talent coming from Nigeria versus India versus Brazil? Not really. Um, they're just large populations um, in countries that are still emerging, where there's the people who are interested in, in relocation. So these people must yeah. be educated, no? Oh yeah. I mean, all three of those countries have great education systems. Well, what kind of uh, educational uh, criteria do these people have when they're applying? Well, a lot of it with the tech is that you can learn online. For example, okay. my brother, he he uh, graduated uh, in a non-tech field and he learned how to code on his, on his own online and now is a CTO or like tech co-founder at a, a startup that just raised you know, a lot of money and so he's right. doing well. Um, so you don't really need to have a university degree. Um, although, you know, places like... But you must have to have some kind of certification or something like that. No, no. I really? mean, you can code oh. and that's it. Like, the certification is, does the developer who's interviewing you think you're good and that's one of the good things about tech is that that's anyone can get into it yeah it's it's because i mean it moves and changes so quickly so if you try and certify it right. the certification will be i mean other than like maybe aws and something like amazon or companies yeah. that really know what they're talking about in terms of tech microsoft etc it's hard to certify and there's always a new programming language coming out or a new way of better way of doing things so the market moves so quickly um wow. that if you try and certify it it, it, it you'll you know you'll be behind yeah um so yeah I, I think um, so. Okay, mm. so let's go back to these three because I just find yeah. it so interesting. Yeah. The top three countries are Brazil, mm -hmm. India, and Nigeria. Yeah. Um, so, what about language? English language is mm. this a, is this an issue or? Uh, yeah, definitely. Does it matter. Uh, it definitely matters. Um, so, uh, with that hack, actually, that's one of the ways we recruit is we teach English to developers, or not necessarily teach them English, but help them refine their English because a lot of them have like let's say intermediate English or 
almost good enough English. And about two, three months into our, our courses, they'll be able to get a job. A lot of them come to us and have great English. Um, you know, India, everyone speaks English, but maybe, you know, they'll tweak a little bit um, exactly how they present themselves. Uh, Nigeria as well, English is the first or is the main language in that country. Um, so. And then what kind of roles are these people applying for? What are they, what's, what is it? Uh, senior software engineer, um, data scientist, DevOps engineer, um, yeah, designers, uh, basically uh, people usually with five, 10 years experience. It's really where that gap in the market is. Yeah. Uh, pe people who are you know, leading teams, really the, the more experienced folks. Um, and that's, really, that's where the challenge is here in Canada or in the US everywhere is finding people who've uh, you know, done it before and can mentor the next generation. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow, oh, this is fascinating. So, so 60% of your talent comes to Canada. Yeah. Is that just because there's so much demand for what you're doing right now? There's no need to really go into the States? No, we're actively working to expand in the US. Um, okay. So when VanHack started, we were very purely focused on relocation, just finding developers who want to move. And US, the immigration laws are so complicated and oh, don't work very well. Um, that it's really hard to bring developers to the US. They have this H-1B program where they have like 300,000 people who apply and only 80,000 actually get it and it takes eight months for those people to move. It's a whole mess. Wow. Um, so they, they need to go through some immigration reform, but that's actually Canada's advantage because we, uh, four years ago, uh, came out with a global talent stream visa, which is basically a fast track visa for uh, software engineers. Um, really? You just need to have a, a job offer from a, an employer. The government validates it's a real employer um, with a salary that's above the median wage and you can come on a two-year work permit your spouse can work your kids can study in school and in one year you can get your Canadian residency your PR um, so it's a really great program I, I and what kind of um, yeah. jobs or uh, criteria does this um, fast track program cover I mean does it cover people like and I think of what you guys do is like more uh, arts-based talent of producing video content. No, it's pretty strictly on software. Is software? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like it's coders. not like, and it's not like engineers who are like helping build buildings and uh, stuff. Like unfortunately, that. not. Like I think okay. it should be expanded to more uh, roles, but yeah. it, it it's kind of a new program. It's really programmers. It's just programmers Coders. and software and designers as well devops yeah anything with tech like okay yeah okay yeah. so this is a fast track mm -hmm. program that was implemented four years ago that's right and you started a company five-ish years ago a little more five mm -hmm. years ago so had once that came into place did that make a material it change was huge was um it? Okay. yeah it didn't happen right away but i hate oh. to want to give justin trigo any credit for anything <laughs> maybe but maybe we have to give him a little bit here so um it's it's uh so it's been a good program no comment on, no that, comment. Comment yeah. on that point let's open it up uh, <laughs> immigrant from another uh, country you know hey uh, I mean I think I think I think diversity in in all forms whether that's uh, government or other parts is, is needed so I'll just I'll just say that yeah, okay. um, but no I think uh, yes the Trudeau government did a good job with this program okay. um, I, I'm sure other governments that come in after will also keep this program it's yeah. it's a no-brainer like yeah. who doesn't want more taxpayers yeah. <laughs> like Canada's competing with yeah, Germany sure. with yeah. Netherlands with Ireland with uh, Australia you know with the US for taxpayers, governments and countries are competing yeah. on a global basis. So, so every, give a context yeah. of how much time it takes. So, like, if I was not, if I was a non-technical, like I was a tech person, but not in this very tight 
defined criteria mm-hmm. of being a coder. Yeah. How long, but I have a, an, someone who wants to give me a job, how long would it take me to get um, approved properly? Um, so sorry, if you weren't a coder, if you're not in yeah. tech, um, I think the regular kind of version would probably be something like six to eight months. I actually haven't, we don't deal okay. with it, so I don't know the exact number right. now. It's you're pretty backed up. You're fire hose in this one category. Yeah, it just, how, this, this how, one category. And how fast can About it? two months, two, three months. Two months. Yeah, and the beautiful thing is that they wow. can start working remotely so, before they relocate. Really? Yeah, they can start working from their home country. So, so it's literally like a, a guy in Nigeria who yep. I just finished my coding for masters kind of program. Yep. I uh, go to your website to Van yep. Hack. You guys yep. help find me of an employer. Yeah. And like literally two months later, I could be living in, in Canada. That's right. Yeah. Wow. And, and you could be earning in Canadian dollars two weeks later or whenever your notice period wow, is. Wow. That's yeah. Because yeah. there's no yeah, like you said, there's yeah. no borders. Right? Yeah. We had, it's funny. We had this one story during COVID where a guy was living in, in the Amazon jungle, the Amazon rainforest in Brazil, <laughs> and he was getting paid. Um, and he couldn't leave like he couldn't leave his house because of COVID or anything. It's so such a remote place. But he was telling me that every month uh, that was going by because of the exchange rate, he was getting paid like two thousand more dollars or more Brazilian currency because he kept paying you know the same amount in Canadian but the exchange rate was getting better for his favor so he's oh like goodness. he's like I'm getting a, a raise every month without doing anything like the wealthiest dude <laughs> in the Amazon rainforest yeah 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 so and the funny thing he was working for an Indonesian company who set up offices in Canada so it's oh, wow. really global yeah that is really global and, and so how many people are you guys helping process and moving into Canada? Last right year, uh, total hires was 540 for the entire company. Yeah. I would say, I don't know offhand, but I would say probably something like 350, maybe 375 were for Canada. Yeah. All time, I'm, I think we brought around 1,000 people to Canada so okay. far. So let me go back to that quote you gave, Ilya, which is that report that said by 2030, which mm-hmm. is eight years from now, yeah, there'll be 85 million open job placements for people in the tech space. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's also one of those things like probably some consultants may note that up in a room, uh, right? But like, but what, like, like it, how, the point is there's just way, way, way more like, jobs like, than people. Like, what was the bottleneck of not doubling that number last year for Van Hack? Uh, okay, is, good it, question. Was it the, are there enough jobs available? Like if, if, if all things were open for you except for the last part which is like the employers were there enough employers to take on a thousand people um yeah the hardest part is really the matching because you have the job and you have the candidates and it's like there's so many factors that go into a hire right like has to be the right person yeah. that passes all the interviews. They have to get the right salary for them to accept the offer. Okay. There's all these kind of factors that really get really in the nitty gritty of, of, of recruiting that have to go go right. So do you have a, lot, a fairly high drop off rate either by the employer or by the potential um, candidate? It's mostly from the employer. Like, yeah. you know, probably, I don't know actually the stat, but probably like one in four, one in five candidates that we send get hired. Um, but then this, where there's some jobs that we have where companies say we want to hire 20, 30 people, but it's just hard for us to make those hires because there's like, so, they have a high bar or there's not enough candidates with that skill yeah um a lot of it is us just hiring internally for ourselves like we need more recruiters internally for us or um uh, yeah finding the right talent so the, yeah right now we're trying to double from you know 2021 to 2022 we'll, we'll see how it goes um but we did uh triple from 2020 to 2020 uh one so things yeah. are things are definitely growing yeah. um, but a, a lot of it is just smoothing out the processes and the kinks and, and everything so yeah. a lot of automation um, hiring the right people on our, te- our team things like that but it's, yeah. that's a fun question what, what's what's uh, what's the bottleneck yeah mm-hmm. now next to those after those three countries being Brazil Nigeria and India what are the next three places that are kind of the most um, common to draw talent let's say from? Uh, Eastern Europe so Ukraine Russia Belarus yeah um, also Colombia and uh, Argentina uh, 
uh, other parts of South America. Right. Um, and then we're starting to see Southeast Asia rise actually a lot. So Philippines, Thailand, Vietnam. Right. Um, so it's good talent there as well. Do you ever see any kind of uh, correlation between political unrest and uh, and applications? Like obviously yeah. there's a lot of uncertainty around the Ukraine. Yeah. You're from Russia initially. Yeah. yeah. Um, you probably have better take on what's really going on there than than us most of us. Mm, I had to try not to pay uh, attention to it honestly. Yeah. But like, do you ever see that kind of thing? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had a there was a, some protests in Belarus last year. I remember a lot of candidates from Belarus signed up. Um, I mean, the, really, the whole problem started with Brazil originally during the um, 2014, 2015. They had the impeachment of the president and yeah. um, just the economy was, was not going very well. So a lot of it, I, I see what we do is, you know, we change people's lives, right? They go from a country where they don't have the best infrastructure and it's not very safe and there's a lot of problems. Um, and then they get to come to a great place like Canada or, or, or Berlin or Amsterdam or London and, and uh, live in a country that they, you know, feel uh, Good in. Um, yeah. Let's put it that way. What causes a person, it seems like with this massive shortage of, of talent and all these job opportunities, it seems like anybody who's a good coder mm-hmm. kind of has lots of choices. Oh, yeah. They get. And so if I'm in Nigeria, mm-hmm. like, what, like, like, what's my, what are the reasons why people would want to move to Canada um, versus just picking up a job with a Canadian company but staying like that example of the guy in the Amazon making, <laughs> making a bundle of money living in the Amazon yeah what um, causes these people what's the is there a common trend is it what makes them want to make, I think make that physical move to Canada I think a lot of it has to do with family okay. um, and and uh, quite frankly safety um, okay. um, that makes sense you know, but a lot of a lot of people want to stay remote and stay sorry stay stay where, you know in their home countries yeah. and that's great we're even seeing a trend where people stay in their home country relocate come back to their home country for a little while and really have that work from anywhere feel. Um, but uh, I think the main factors that drive people to want to relocate are, um, yeah, just not feeling safe when you're walking down the street, wondering right. how your son or daughter, you know, will get back from school. Um, That's a good point. Uh, traffic. Um, I, you know, when I lived in Sao Paulo, I spent like an hour and a half a day in traffic, um, and it was pretty painful uh, over and over again. And 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 uh, uh, I think really the the main thing is about giving people that choice. Hey, do you want to move? Do you not want to move? Do you want to, uh, for example, we have a few people on our team going back to their home countries and working remotely from their home countries. And so they can spend that time with their family there, but then they can come back here where they, you know, settling here. So it's, it's really, um, whatever the candidate wants. Okay. Ilya, can you give some, provide some color on the types of businesses in Canada that you are sending these talent to? Like as mm-hmm. you mentioned, grocery store chain and mm-hmm. having, it sounds to me like it's all over the map, but is there is there any particular s- sort of type of industry that's really, you're spending a lot of time helping right now? Um, I definitely would say it's all over the map. Um, there's candidates, or sorry, employers from every industry. Um, every, every kind of company needs software engineers. Uh, one area that I'm seeing a little bit more of a growth now is fintech. Okay. Um, so uh, we're working with a very large fintech company um, from the prairies that's hiring a lot of people. Um, we're working with uh, a, a NFT kind of Web3 company here locally um, that's hiring a lot of people as well. So just in the finance crypto space, that's definitely booming. So we're seeing a lot of talent needed there. Um, I but, would assume most of these uh, talent that are coming to Canada, mm-hmm. they're relocating 
to the uh, head offices of where these companies are based or do some of them? Not like- always. No? Yeah, okay. that's actually been a cool trend um, we saw recently. Um, uh, it, it's post-pandemic. It's just you can move. A lot of companies just post anywhere in Canada. So um, you can live anywhere. Uh, we had a company in Toronto hire a machine learning engineer and uh, he really wanted to move to Vancouver. Um, so at first they were kind of like skeptical about it. Oh, you have to work ESD and stuff like that. And then they realized that they're making him wake up at 6 a.m. every day. Right. So <laughs> maybe they, they became a little bit more flexible and like, yeah, and we've had um, companies from, let's say, places where it's not, you know, the most desired place to live in Canada. Um, they've been much more flexible. And so you can move anywhere, live anywhere. So um, we had someone move to Sheeshelt, if I'm saying that right, uh, recently. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Sheeshelt. So, Sheeshelt. Yeah. yeah. That's it's a tough a, one. A tough, yeah. Some twister. Uh, but no, uh, it's, it's, I really think it's uh, exciting. And it's also not just that. It's, it's um, in different countries. We actually had a job posted from the Cayman Islands recently. So there's a tech company in the Cayman Islands that's hiring people to go down to Caribbean. Oh, that's um, awesome. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of cool to have people off the beaten path. Yeah. Wow. That's really neat. The majority of those candidates that do move here to Canada, for example, do they move to major city centers like Vancouver, Calgary, Toronto, or do they tend to go to small communities outside of that? Um, Our top cities actually are Vancouver, Toronto, and Winnipeg. Um, so Winnipeg surprising number three. Uh, that's actually because we worked with Skip the Dishes and helped them hire 120 people. Oh, wow. um, and uh, working with a, a lot of other companies uh, in, in the Winnipeg area. We also have done a lot of hires in Saskatoon and Calgary. Yeah. So the Prairies are a big tech hub and growing one. Um, and I find that's a nice kind of combination because people who come to Canada um, as immigrants, they through VanHack, I should say, they're usually in their mid-30s. They either are have young kids or thinking of settling down and having kids so being able to live in a place like the prairies where they can buy a big house and have a yard and no, no traffic right. is really appealing to them they don't need to be you know downtown uh, on young street in toronto yeah. uh, going to the parties yeah. <laughs> not that yeah. you can do that these days anyway yeah. but uh, that that's really much more appealing to them is having that that home family lifestyle okay oh, mm-hmm. that's interesting mm-hmm. Where do these candidates find out about Van Hack in the first place? Like, how do you? Yeah, uh, our top our top uh, uh, channels are uh, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, um, Instagram, and word of mouth. Um, so really, just social net, social media, and um, people telling each other. Uh, a lot of times, when someone gets hired, you know, they tell all their friends. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, so you've clearly addressed this global issue that's not just a local one to Vancouver or to Canada. That there's this massive shortage of of tech talent out there. So why don't we spend a bit of time talking about Van Hack itself, the company, you know, you're obviously the, the founder of it, you're mm. obviously still running it today. How many employees do you have at Van Hack today? Uh, I think 77. Yeah, 77. Wow. That's right. And are they mostly located here in Vancouver? No. uh, We have a globally distributed workforce. Um, That's been one of our secret weapons from the beginning. We haven't had to, um, well, we sorry, we should say this, we've been able to move faster because we've been able to hire from anywhere, um, whether that person stays in their home country or we actually relocated a a few of our team members here as well. Uh, Recently brought one of our designers over and bringing our machine learning engineer over as well. Um, so we have people in, I believe, 12 or 13 different countries. Um, I, don't, I don't want to name all of them because I'll probably yeah. miss some. Um, but yeah, it's uh, a lot of people are here in Canada or in Vancouver. Uh, we have people in other parts of Canada as well. Yeah. Um, but one so of you were yeah. perfectly good example of who your clients exactly. are. Exactly. We, we try to lead by example. Yeah, um, we hire like tech talent from Van Hack, yeah. <laughs> so we post jobs on our own platform. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, is your industry fairly fragmented today still, or is uh, are you like the uh, yeah. the Google of uh, tech? 
replacement talent. I know, I know we said earlier. <laughs> One day. <laughs> yeah. But what, is it still a fairly fragmented it's business? It's very fragmented. There's tons of recruiting companies out there or different solutions for recruiting. Um, I, I think it's like a half trillion dollar industry globally. Um, and there's like three or four companies, Adeco, Manpower, um, Randstad, that are over a billion dollars. Yeah. But the rest are very, very small, kind of all the, all the way to one person recruiting company, just one yeah. person making intros yeah. uh, and a lot of midsize as well. So it's super fragmented. And I, I don't know if there will be kind of a roll up. Uh, it's, uh, it's hard to say. Um, it's I think there's just a room for a lot of different players because yeah. there's so many different niches and different industries and tech and you know and science medicine etc. As far as um, where you're seeing trends going right now into the future for VanHack, mm. is there any particular market segment you're trying to go after? Or is it um, going back to that concept of bottleneck? Are you focused more on trying to get more talent, more? customers to place them with mm -hmm. is there a particular industry or sector you're trying to focus on uh, right now we're really focused on the US and Europe um, okay. we I feel like we're kind of um, well known in Canada like we're the largest international tech recruiting co company in Canada um, but we really want to go after the biggest tech market in the world which is the US yeah uh, they have the most open jobs the most uh, you know frankly, uh, money to pay yeah. <laughs> for all these people. It's the biggest economy in the world. So that's a really big market for us that we're, we're, we're focused on. Um, and then Europe as well is a very large market with uh, you know, all the different countries there. So um, yeah, this morning I was actually interviewing a salesperson for Germany um, and have a webinar tomorrow with a, a US uh, tech association. Um, so really just trying to expand outside of Canada and uh, be really a truly global player. Because yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've done a great job in Canada and we're gonna keep you know driving business here yeah but uh it's a big world out there yeah let me uh, i'm gonna just put a little twist on this interview and talk to you a bit about nurses mm -hmm. now i know you're a tech recruiting guy yeah but you've just talked a little bit earlier about this fast track program that the trudeau government put into place four years ago mm -hmm. now there's a big nursing shortage yeah. in our country right yeah. now I... and um, as you highlighted these uh these people who are applying and getting these job offers they, as long as they can code and they're, the interviewee that's interviewing them is convinced of that, that's all they need. Mm -hmm. But in order to be a doctor, a nurse, a dentist, one of these kind of professions, you kind of have to have some like legitimate yeah. Yeah, it's, medical it's, training. It's a little bit bigger problem when yeah. the server goes down or someone has the wrong medication. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I got to assume that countries like India and Brazil yep. probably and Nigeria probably have qualified nurses or something close to qualified maybe maybe not to our standards but do you have any suggestions for the government or would you see this as an opportunity for Van Hack to be able because there's definitely a shortage yeah I, I don't think specifically for us because it's yeah. such a focus and, and there, we'd have to be selling to a completely different type of uh, employer yeah um, but I'm right there with you like I, I think there's a huge backlog right now in our immigration system that uh, they're working through and COVID didn't you know made things more complicated um, but uh, yeah I, and also I know that a lot of the nurses that are in Canada are from the Philippines or um, I believe I believe from the Philippines um, so there there needs to be um, more healthcare workers here and I do also think that uh, it should be a little bit easier right now I think that the process and I understand why uh, it's rigorous but I think it's a little bit too much so I think it's almost protectionist to be honest Interesting. Uh, my wife is a dentist and so when we, we're trying to go through the process to become a dentist it's like something like $50,000 worth of fees just yeah. to be able to take all the tests this is a perfectly good um, example because my wife is also a dentist yeah yeah and, and, and it's interesting because there's these highly qualified dentists yeah 
they come to Canada. Where's yep. your wife from? Brazil. From Brazil. Yeah. They come here and they work as certified dental assistants. Yes, that's right. Uh, because that's a fairly easy. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the route that they recommended she did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so these people are not being used for their full talent. Yeah. Or yeah. they go and teach at the very few schools. Like yeah. If you look at the majority of people who teach at the UBC dentistry, school of dentistry, mm, I didn't know that. Are, are actually dentists from other countries. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah so they, so, can, they can teach it, but they just can't yeah, practice. It's crazy. Yeah, so, it's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, you have to have a balance. Um, yeah, sure. And I think for nurses, um, like they're definitely, I don't know all the details, but yeah, we should be shipping in as many uh, as qualified nurses as we can, right? The yeah. healthcare system is uh, very backed up right now. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, there was an article that I read recently on BetaKit. It was from back in September, which said, hmm. studies show the tech industry is the industry most likely to lift Canada out of the pandemic-induced economic slump that we're in. 100%. See that? You see that? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say so. Um, I mean, if you just look at Vancouver, BC, like I think tech is the number one employer in the, in the province. I don't know the stats. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. I think we're very focused on, you know, uh, maybe, oh, mining or, or lumber or kind of real estate or movie. Like all these industries are great, but they're all finite resources. With right. tech, um, you know, it's it's a creative industry and it's just, it's just knowledge workers so that you don't really need um, a lot of infrastructure. You just need the people here. And Canada has That's this, point. this uh, um, I guess, window of opportunity where um, every tech worker that comes to Canada, they're going to be employed. There's no unemployed tech workers in Canada. Um, and if there are, please introduce me to them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, and, and, yeah, so they uh, come, and they're going to create they, jobs. And they're going to get great salaries. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're going to be paying for... They're under the ground running. Yes. They're paying taxes right That's away. That's right. Yeah. We yeah. need someone Such to pay for point. the schools in, in, in uh, Nunavut and in, in, yeah. in the hospitals, right? So, yeah, yeah I, I think it's, it's tech. Um, of course, I'm biased. It's what I do. Yeah, but um, you know every person that comes in, I, I, we have the data. They, they get a hundred k salary on average. Wow! Right, you're coming into Canada with a hundred k salary. Your spouse is probably going to work. Let's say they're making fifty k. That's one hundred fifty k. And how much of that is taxes? Let's say thirty forty thousand. Yeah. So they're paying forty thousand dollars in taxes per year for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Right. That so that's a million multi million dollar you know asset for the government yeah. who will help pay for the schools and, and the and the and the hospitals and are, are, and all are, those are many of your customers the, on the on the um, employment side mm. are many of them subsidiaries of foreign companies I was just going to say that Andrew uh, a lot of them are a lot of them are they're US companies uh, or there's that Indonesian company I mentioned yeah. that open up Canadian offices because it's easy to bring tech talent to Canada where it's hard to bring them to the US so they open up these Canadian engineering offices so there's using. a massive arbitrage opportunity here for our, our nation yes where we can literally have people who are getting paid by US employers yes but that money's come flowing into Canada yes and that is being generating tax dollars. Yeah, look at look at the post office. Yeah, Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. That's a sure. Prime example. Right. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft. Uh, I think Amazon probably employs more people downtown Vancouver than anyone else. I would I was yeah. be surprised if there's another employer that has more office space and, and uh, employees than Amazon. Yeah. The world's largest one of the world's largest companies. Yeah. Apple opening up in the Deloitte building right there, right yeah. across the street. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of these kind of smaller companies like Salesforce, Grammarly, Brex yeah. uh, that have done the same thing here in Vancouver also in Toronto um, so yeah and that's all money that's coming to Canada from non-Canadian companies yeah exactly so, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah such a good point um, 
And then of course you're also paying taxes as a company. <laughs> yes. I mean, you're generating revenue, you're generating, you're, you're uh, creating economic activity. And that's right. Uh, if you're not profitable today, at some point, I'm sure you will be. And uh, it's a uh, modest, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, we're trying to, you know, reinvest our, our into future growth. Um, but one, one thing I just yeah. want to point out while we're talking about this idea of people coming to, to countries, um, I was uh, uh, just down in South America over the break and um, there's uh, this uh, one uh, in Uruguay. And one, uh, one of the things that they're working on is creating a digital nomad visa which is basically a visa where any tech worker who has a job who's making over a certain amount of money can come to that country without having to have a local job offer. Wow. So let's say they're working, there's a tech worker in uh, San Francisco, they're working for, uh, let's say, uh, Facebook, and they want to move to Vancouver. Uh, if Facebook didn't have a Canadian entity, that'd be impossible for them. But if with this visa, we can bring the world's tech talent to Canada without having to have the employers physically in Canada. Yeah. So that'll uh, basically make any knowledge worker able to come to Canada and live and pay taxes here. Yeah. So that's something that I think that, that should happen. I think every country should have it. I know Estonia and about 40, 50 other companies, countries have it. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, something that we're not doing right now. And I think something digital we should do. Digital nomad visa. Digital nomad visa. Yeah, maybe that's, it has a different name, but the idea yeah. of a digital nomad is someone who works remotely you know someone just works online yeah. they can live anywhere so they're a nomad um, yeah. and uh, yeah we should bring them all as many of them to, to Canada because if we won't then other countries will yeah mm -hmm. now you mentioned the stat that uh, typical tech worker immigrating to Canada is going to make about a hundred thousand dollars a year yeah the spouse maybe just to make an assumption they make fifty thousand a year yeah um, $150,000 a year in Saskatoon's probably a pretty good deal <laughs> yeah but you mentioned that one of your top uh, placement cities is Vancouver and mm -hmm. Vancouver is a very unaffordable city yes do a lot of is there a bit of a sticker shock for a lot of these immigrants when they come here and they're like oh wow um, I'm making 10 times what I made in Nigeria but I'm also paying 20 times what I paid in rent uh, I don't think so um, I mean they're just happy to be they're here. happy to be here and honestly like two bedroom apartments what two three thousand dollars in rent something like yeah. that let's, let's call it three thousand on the high end yeah um, after taxes you're probably making 50 12 15 K on 150 K right know exactly but let's say you're making 10 K yeah that's only 30% of your, your income on rent um, sure maybe it's not the best but you're, you're happy you you're very happy and um, the first question people ask us after they get hired is how do I get my Canadian citizen citizenship or how to get my permanent residency which yeah. then turns into citizenship yeah um, we don't see many people going back um, so affordable so. affordability isn't really an issue here it, as it, far as it definitely is an issue in Canada and I don't want to be you know state understanding the fact that yeah. we need to be building a lot more housing supply in yeah. this country especially yeah. in the city in Vancouver um, so I think there's a lot of whole conversation about how do we okay. make it easier not to have all the red tape that it needs to be to yeah. building condos or, or houses um, but for our specific industry and our talent um, and they're also happy not to live downtown like they can live uh, a lot of them go to burnaby or or right. you know places where it's maybe a little bit more uh, they can get more bang for their buck yeah so yeah well i think it, it's also interesting because when you, you i think about I mean, i'm born and raised here mm. and i think about a lot of the people i know who are in my same same category like born and raised here yeah and they're up frustrated because they can't afford to buy a nice single dash to home in mm -hmm. vancouver with mm. the white picket fence and like <laughs> like that that train has gone folks like yeah unless you're like really really fortunate but that's interesting is when you come from a country like brazil 
I don't think you're probably used to being able to have a fully detached home in the first place. You're, you know, if you're coming from... You might. You, a lot of them are living in great houses, but it's not about the house. It's about the city that they're living in and, and the, the quality safety. of life and the safety right. And, right. And, then, and just general like education system for their yeah. kids. Like yeah, in, Brazil, the there's, house, in Brazil, yeah. if, you're not, if you're sending your kids to public school, like high school and elementary school, they're not going to go to university. Like yeah. it's, it's like just, it's, it's not even a question, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so I guess the point is that there's a lot of locals here. Yeah. You grew up here too, basically, hey, since you're five. Yeah. We don't really probably appreciate how fortunate we have it. I guess so. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I will say that um, we did have a couple from uh, Belarus. Um, the, the, the spouse uh, is in this, in, in this case, the, uh, uh, the husband got hired from Van Hack and the spouse is actually also an engineer, software engineer. They're making over 200K combined salary. They were able to buy a condo in, in North Vancouver. So right. it, it is possible for newcomers on the tech um, to, to get those jobs, uh, sorry, yeah. to buy th that property. Yeah, um, a little piece of the American yeah, dream, yeah. dream. Now, Ilya, um, <laughs> there's a company, uh, an organization called Success. Oh, yes. Uh, we, we actually interviewed Queenie Chu, their CEO, mm. and their business model or what they're, they're, and, and they're supposed to be doing is helping mm. immigrants in transitioning into the Canadian lifestyle. Yep. Does VanHack uh, do any part in that process? So we do. We help with uh, the relocation process, all the yeah. way from pre-arrival to settlement, like post-arrival. Yeah. Um, uh, we actually help the candidate with their visa process, which is really important, both the employer and the and the candidate with uh, all the paperwork. Um, but other than that, we help with um, you know introducing them to a housing agency, introducing them to the banks, um, introducing them to your mom. Uh, yeah, my mom and dad, if, if they if they want to buy a place, usually they can because of the uh, the tax here in BC yeah, of the fifteen yeah. percent. If you're not a permanent residency, oh, yeah. maybe maybe one year yeah. later we'll introduce them to my family if yeah. they want. We've actually only helped one person buy a house. It's not a big source of of, of, of business. Uh, but no, the the more important thing is that we'll help them get settled for sure. Yeah, um, we like to be with them every step of the way. And uh, all, before COVID, we'd actually do a lot of meetups. We would have like a barbecue, or we'd yeah. all go to craft beer, and or in Toronto we'd go to a bar downtown and. And yeah, I used to travel. We, I've even done a Van Hack meetup in Malta. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> so yeah, oh, wow. yeah, we brought ten yeah. engineers to Malta, and so when I was living in Europe, we flew down to, to Malta and had oh. a, had a good uh, pizza so dinner cool. with them. It was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like it's really cool just seeing different parts of the world and people settling in. Um, so yeah, um, it's a big part of what we do. Like a lot of people, like myself on the team, are immigrants. We know the pain, um, and we we have, right now what we do is we just do virtual. So we have WhatsApp groups yeah. where they can like join the WhatsApp group and get uh, connected to their friends. Someone was asking about a dermatologist the other day like things like that yeah yeah oh, yeah that's good that's really good that you're doing that mm. um to finish up let's talk about uh if i'm an employer mm -hmm. and i'm looking to hire this kind of talent um where does it start at van hack you i, I just yeah. uh, call one of your sales agents and like what's how does it how does it work you charge on uh, based on success that's right okay yeah um if you if you're watching this yeah. <laughs> want to get started uh just vanhack.com um click on i'm hiring sign up uh pretty easy process we usually call people right away after they sign up or send an email to book a demo um the business model we have is very much aligned with um only only getting paid if we're successful. So really like the interests of us and the employer are aligned. Um, and if it doesn't work out, we have a full money back guarantee in the first uh, three months, um, which almost never happens because our candidates really want to impress the employer and, and yeah. make that, that move or keep working for the national company. I guess that's a good point. Like when you're getting, yeah. you get real commitment from these people. Yes. Like if someone's going to travel yes. from Nigeria and really 
change yes. their life. Yes. They're coming with all the right reasons. You know, that's a big selling point is is, is the engagement and the retention. Um, we've had a lot of people who've, um, you know, of course, we've had times that didn't work out, of course, but I think more than local hires, the international hires have that skin in the game that you just mentioned. They're changing yeah. their lives. A lot of times the, the, the spouse comes first and then, you know, the, then the family comes later. Not often, sometimes. Yeah. So it's pretty serious. Um, and the, so they, they definitely want to go above and beyond. And we've had a lot of people promoted. Um, are actually, I mentioned Skip the Dishes. One of our hires is actually the head of engineering at Skip the Dishes now. He was able to get promoted. Wow. Um, yeah, a lot of the engineering managers as well on that team are. Um, so every time you order food, you can yeah. <laughs> think of us uh, having built that software yeah. um, or helped uh, to. But um, yeah, it's it's a really big commitment and life change and people stick around longer. So we, we did a study of our, our data. It's about two and a half years that people stay in the, in the job versus the industry average of one and a half years. Wow, and we have a lot of examples of people staying five years, six years. It's yeah. just because we've only started really making hires like four, four or five years ago. Right, good point. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's a really big deal, especially in tech where the, the cost of losing a, a, a tech worker, it's just, it's a huge pain because you're probably going to take three, four months to fill that role again and then getting people onboarded. That's like looking at six months yeah. of lost productivity and in tech where things move so fast and your competitors are shipping you know new software you want those people on the team for as long as possible yeah. um what about uh fees are these is it kind of a standardized fee yeah guide or how yeah 20 percent of 20. annual fee yeah. um annual salary sorry yeah. and uh, we also have a model where if uh, a lot of our customers hire you know five ten fifteen people yeah uh, which is another one of our specialties we can do a lot of volume um whereas other recruiting companies maybe just can do one or two at a time okay I'll, I'll <laughs> you know i'm sure there's other good ones out there too but the point is that um uh, we have a bulk model where companies can prepay for a certain number of hires and get a discount like kind of like wholesale like yeah like going to costco yeah okay yeah that makes sense yeah um well this is really great Ilya. i'm so impressed with uh, what you built here, thanks, Andrew. Um, my my cousin years ago had started a uh, uh, a overseas uh, English teaching mm. type of uh, recruitment business. So I'm a little familiar with how the model works. Cool. But what I think the message that I think anybody's listening has got to realize is um, that uh, guys like you, we need to applaud because you've created like the most perfect business model in Vancouver and Canada. You're basically <laughs> employing people. Some of them maybe are not in Canada, but you're employing people. You're helping bring in talent. You're employing people directly, but you're also mm-hmm. bringing in talent, largely from you know you say American companies. So this is money coming from abroad into our country and then generating tax revenue. I mean, this is like this is what we need in our economy. No, I appreciate that. Just one little thing. Most of our customers are actually Canadian customers, so I I, I don't want to you know scare away oh, okay. the small yeah. local no, smaller local businesses. Yeah. You know, smaller than Amazon. Um, that's actually the Amazons and Microsofts. They're the ones who create the problem because they suck up all that talent. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and then the like earlier stage, maybe two three years, five ten person, twenty person startup. Um, uh, they struggle, they, they struggle because yeah. it's hard to you know compete with salary. But this is where you feel. And that, that's exactly the, the, the our customers that we like to work with. Yeah, so yeah. I, anyway, I appreciate everything you just said. Thank yeah, you. That yeah, really no, means a that's lot. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ilya, Ilya Brodsky, founder and CEO of VanHack, helping fill the void on uh, the Canadian and in Europe and the States, the this, this growing need to hire tech talent and programmers and coders. Mm-hmm. Uh, best of luck in 2022. And yeah. um, I look forward to hearing more success stories as carry, as things carry on for you. Thanks, Andrew. It was Thanks really for fun. being on today. Yeah, this was great. Okay. <laughs>